Hey guys, thanks for joining me on today's episode of Faith, Hope, Love, where we grow together in our faith, increase in hope, and learn how to better love God and love other people. On today's episode, we are in our first ever episode of our What's Your Type Enneagram series, and I'm just so excited to jump in. We've got my co-host on, Amy Wicks. She's going to be joining us for a couple episodes here for the series just to uh, give an Enneagram coach perspective on how the Enneagram works and how do we unite it with the gospel? How do we as Christians use the Enneagram? in a way that is beneficial and is going to grow us into the women that God has called us to be. So Amy, thanks so much for joining me on the show. If you wouldn't mind before we jump in, introducing yourself and answering our obvious question, what's your type? Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. I know we've gotten to chat quite a bit over the last several months, whether it was in regards to the Enneagram Summit, the new book coming out, and preparing for this episode series. So um, I'm thrilled to be here. I am also a fellow podcaster. I've been podcasting now for almost five years. Can't believe it. Um, and, And that has been such a fun journey. But for me, a little bit in a nutshell, I've been married for 17 years. I have three kids. I've got a driver now. Totally not sure how that even happened. It is what the old ladies say in the grocery store. You blink and then it happens. Um, but I love them. They are definitely um, both just my home and and getting to know them and their heart. That's my first priority. But then the next thing that I really love, I really love being an Enneagram coach. I love doing this ministry and this work whether it's the podcast and cultivating really great stories or helping women explore their stories. It is so much fun for me, which leads me to what is my Enneagram type? Well, I do things that sound like fun, which (laughs) explains that I am an Enneagram seven. Now we all need to do more fun in our life and have more fun in our life, especially us as moms. But um, for a seven, that is a driving motivator. What's going to be uh, freeing, what's going to not be limiting, what gives them as many options as possible. And, you know, for me, not only being a mom, but doing this work, no day looks alike. So <laughs> I don't feel boxed in, bored or limited at all. So um, I'm just really grateful to get to do what I do. And I'm just so excited to have you on the show. I've been following you on Instagram for a while now, and I just have been so encouraged by the content you put out. And um, I know that you're going to be an encouragement to my listeners as well. So um, I would love to just jump in where this episode is kind of focusing on the commonly asked questions about the Enneagram. And so let's start off question number one, you know, what even is the Enneagram? Believe it or not, if you are listening to this and you have never heard the Enneagram or you have no idea what it is, you are not alone in that. I am still speaking to groups all over of all ages who are going Ennea what? But to start at the very beginning, Enneagram and it's, you know, most basic in the, in, as we dissect the word, Ennea means nine in Greek and gram means picture or diagram. So it's a nine part picture or diagram. It's not a pentagram. Uh, some people do come across the image are going, what, what is this? It does look a little bit like it, but it honestly has no meaning, no correlation whatsoever. It's just nine points on a diagram. And those nine points represent nine different personality types or how I like to say nine different perspectives of viewing the world. It's a typology and typology. There's several of them out there. In fact, you know, Myers-Briggs, Distest, Gary Smalley, Strength Finders. I, the, 
there is so many. In fact, when I Google personality tests, there's over 2000 of them. Now, some more legitimate than others, because we're not talking about finding what kind of cheese you are. Um, <laughs> but instead, the Enneagram is a typology that focuses on motivations. The other personality profiles and typologies and studies, they really focus on behavior and behavior modification, whereas the Enneagram focuses on the motivation and therefore inner transformation. It's a self-awareness journey that I believe invites us to have a God awareness journey. Who are we made in the image of God? Who did God intend us to be before the world began? And how can we live in a way that is living with Christ and therefore showing who Christ is and his love to the rest of the world. So in a nutshell, at the very basic form, that indeed is the Enneagram. I love it. And I feel like as I've studied it over the last couple of years, it's not a replacement for the Bible. And I want to like say that straight up front that I feel like a lot of people kind of get this impression that it's like, I'm going to replace all of my study time with the Enneagram. And that is just like not helpful. Um, there's a verse that I really, um, I've been like memorizing a couple more verses recently, but it's this verse that talks about, um, for I know that there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh for I have the desire to do what's good, but not the ability to carry it out. And what I love about the Enneagram is it helps me to see the details of my flesh. Like, man, I know I got problems, but like the Enneagram helps me to specify what they are. And to really look at what are some practical ways that I can walk forward toward Jesus in finding healing from those things. And so, I mean, there's, there's so, so much, I feel like it aligns very clearly with like, even if you were to do like a recovery journey, I feel like that would fit very well in that as well to kind of fine tune that even more. Um, and just in this, this transformation, the, the desire that God has for us to be more and more into the image of Christ, I feel like the Enneagram uh, gives very practical ways of doing that. Um, and it's not contrary to the Bible. If you look at the Enneagram at its core, um, maybe there's some confusion as to people that have used it that may not be Christians, um, have used it in ways that are harmful um, and not aligning with the gospel. But I love that there are people like you and so many others that are using the Enneagram to help people to grow and to become the men and women that God intended for them to be. So I want to jump into our next question with that. How can the Enneagram change your life? Um, in my book in particular, I, I titled the chapter, how the Enneagram might change your life, right? Because there may be friends of ours who begin to engage with the Enneagram and uh, they decide it's not for them, or they decide that they don't have the bandwidth or want to go any further in the exploration of the Enneagram. What I've seen in my life in the women and, and the lives of the women that I work with is, is something kind of actually what you touched on, Melissa. I have a couple of different programs, whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching or self-paced uh, type of situation with like boxer access where they can talk through things and we don't have to have a set time. Um, but a couple of my clients over the years have said, you know, I did celebrate recovery and this was actually equivalent, if not better for them because it was so personalized, which I am wholeheartedly in support of doing celebrate recovery, but it was really great to see how for them and their experience that they really received the in-depth personalized transformation that they were looking for. It shows you the Enneagram 
is really this light. It's a, it's the tool, right? Jesus is the surgeon. The Enneagram is the scalpel. It's this tool that helps us go in and see the places that we need the truth of the gospel message in our life. It sees, it shows us where our weaknesses are, um, where our, our sin habits and patterns are. Again, what you talked about, Paul, the whole, I do what I don't want to do. And our, it's, it highlights where we are at, at war with our flesh and with our spirit. And it then gives us the insight and gives us a language to go, oh, okay, where I struggle most is envy. Where are those places that I get triggered and create the envy in my spirit? How not, how do I avoid them? But how do I go into those situations and ask God's help? Ask for him to, to turn my jealousy into a prayer of blessing. How do I and um, become aware of my pride and how it's hindering my relationships and turning into manipulation. The Enneagram gives us suddenly what we, we kind of knew was wrong. And, and we, we know, and like, we, we have these like pat answers in our Christian culture that might work for a time, but again, it's behavior modification instead of inner transformation, where we, we just acknowledge our weaknesses for what they are not to use it as a license to abuse or misuse, but as a, Hey, I am fully human. I am a fallen human and I am in need of God's amazing salvation, grace, and mercy. And, and in that, when we partner with the Holy spirit and we, we begin to exchange these old coping mechanisms, these old behavior patterns, our old sin nature for a new life in Christ. And it's um, sniper sanctification, if you will. So that's where the, the, what, how the Enneagram might help you or might change your life is it puts you on a fast track to the spiritual health and growth that you really want to see. Maybe places you've been a believer your whole life. And for 20 years, you've had this place where you felt stuck. I have seen people get free within months uh, just through the awareness and the identification and having a couple of new ways to rewrite the narrative that they've lived under for so long. So it can touch everything from marriage, motherhood, your passion, your career, your calling, and just really every arena of life. I love it. I feel like um, there's so, so much depth there. I just think about the uh, like the fruit of the spirit um, and the fruit of the flesh. If you look in the book of Galatians, and I feel like there's this list of like, man, these are all the like brokenness and when we're living in sin, like this is what our life looks like versus when the Holy Spirit is alive and active in us, we we present ourselves um, in ways that exemplify the fruit of his spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Rattle them off real quick. But I feel like it's sometimes harder for us to identify the fruit of the flesh, right? It's sometimes harder for us to look at ourselves with intention and seeing that uh, man, we are, we're broken, right? And I feel like the Enneagram for me, it helped me to more identify um, all the underlying reasons why I was seeing certain behaviors in my life rather than just saying, man, I got to fix this. I don't know how, I don't know where to start. And you mentioned Celebrate Recovery. I'm currently in a program called Regeneration and that has kind of similar. Um, and it has been like so awesome for me and bringing the Enneagram into that has been helpful just to be able to identify, man, these are some of the core reasons why 
these behaviors are, are popping up in my life. So I think it's um, it definitely has a lot of potential to be a great tool, the Enneagram, um, for people that are wanting to do more of that personal and spiritual development. Um, again, it doesn't work for everybody, and that's okay. Um, I do want to keep going in um, looking at, I know your book, you kind of touch on the uh, idea of, you know, should Christians even use the Enneagram? Um, some people have said, like, it looks like a pentagram. It's got to be evil. Maybe some of the roots of the Enneagram early on, um, it was kind of touched by some people that were not Christians. And how do we um, navigate that? Should Christians use the Enneagram? Yeah, Melissa, I, you know, I really started to dive into the Enneagram many years ago. And then, and then it was a little while before I actually took that next step and getting my coaching certification. So it was about 2018, early 2018, when I was beginning the program and um, dove into it and shared it with my audience and my journey and everything like that. And I was all the places that I was learning the Enneagram through was faith-based perspectives. I, my, um, where I was getting my certification was your Enneagram coach. They use a, you know, a faith-based perspective that, um, holds up the tenets of our faith that doesn't contradict them in any form or fashion. And honestly, I wasn't really aware of Enneagram world outside of my Christian biblical worldview and perspective. So I was surprised when I started getting a little bit of pushback, whether it was friends or family or even audience that had been around for a, a little bit of time for me going, Oh, I don't know if you should be using this. And of course I was like, what do you mean? And to me, there was no question. It was just all fun. I didn't even think about it. Um, and then I, I decided okay, I, I got to see what they mean. I was getting some videos, YouTube videos and things like that. So I started exploring, asking some questions. I'm like, oh, oh, I see what they're saying. This, not everything out there is from a faith-based perspective. And some of this really gives me the heebie-jeebies. Should I be concerned? So there was a time where I kind of put, even though I had been coaching and doing that, I, I sort of put some of the Enneagram stuff on pause because I was like, I, I want to make sure that I don't do anything that detracts from my first love, who should be our first love. And that is Christ and our relationship with him. So in my exploration, I really, I decided to dive into the history of the Enneagram and there are, I can, I mean, there are so many different variations of the story of, you know, did it begin thousands and thousands of years ago with the Babylon? Did it, or ancient Egyptians, or <laughs> did it just really start um, like back in the fifties and sixties? And it's a relatively new thing. Basically what I have discovered and uncovered is that there are things that allude to some of the basic foundations of the Enneagram that could line up to thousands of years ago, whether it's teachings through great philosophers or um, uh, saints of old that did teaching and talking about the deadly sins. Um, and then to more recent where um, it began to be taught through a narrative tradition. So there really wasn't, there's not a lot of written history that we can tie to specifically because it, at, until the, the 50s, 60s, it really was more just the oral tradition and it wasn't a written narrative yet. And so, um, so that gives us a little bit of like, okay, why is the history unknown? Why are there varying stories? 
Well, since that point in time, there are a few known teachers or people who have intersected with creating some of the teachers of the Enneagram. Some are teachings that we use today in the Enneagram, and some really have nothing to do with it. They just were associated with the history of the Enneagram. And ultimately, you can read the details of my book. And if I spelled it out here, you guys would be yawning, bored to death. And I tried to make it very colorful and interesting as I spelled out the history. But ultimately, there are truly no direct occultic roots or occult roots to the Enneagram, nor to the core teachers or the teachings of the Enneagram. Um, They have been verified, that has been verified through different conversations, just people who actually uh, interacted and knew um, a couple of the like founding fathers, if you will, because um, they actually only passed away back in 2019. So they were still able, uh, a lot of teachers that continue to teach and write books, they um, had conversations with those who formulated, it, whether it's Oscar Chazo or Claudio Naranjo, because those are, are two names you may have heard associated, it, um, associated with the Enneagram before. So that's one of the pieces is I dissected the history of it. And I really saw that this was a, a tool that ultimately Christians have decided to use and incorporate and tie in a biblical perspective or help explain the unique gospel message our heart longs to hear. Now, there are people who have also co-opted the Enneagram and used it for their own means. And they're very focused on self-awareness and they aren't interested in God awareness. They're interested into some higher, you know, inner higher transformation thing that I go as a, as a believer. I'm like, well, nice try. I don't think that's going to get you very far. A couple other pieces that I explored again, I outlined in the book is that I also traced the origins of personality tests in general, because I thought, well, where do we even get this concept? So what were some of the history of those? What are some of the history of Myers-Briggs, DIST tests, uh, other other familiar personality typologies that, that we know and use, even Christian counseling. Like where did Christian counseling come from right now? You know, it was just interesting to see that there was such a hot debate and I didn't really outline as, as much detail here, but just the fact that Christian counseling is relatively new in the last 50 years or so. It was psychology and Christians use the information found and discovered in emotional intelligence and psychology and what we know today and and transformed it again with a biblical perspective, a Christian worldview. And what we have now is a tool called Christian counseling. And when we look at all of it as a whole, I even back up one step further because you're not going to find the word Enneagram in the Bible. So theologically, is there room for us as Christians to use a tool that isn't specifically or explicitly spelled out in the Bible? And I believe there is. I think we have some great theologians of our day, and um, we even can look to the word of God and see how those like Paul and um the authors of the, you know, divinely inspired authors of the word of God, even, you know, back to, to Moses and Abraham and the Psalms and all of those, they actually, those were written divinely inspired, but also can be really tightly correlated, or even maybe perhaps were based on pagan traditions, rituals, teachings, things like that. And it's not to say that, you know, they weren't able to be originally creative, but let's think about where did those who didn't know God get their ideas? 
Well, they got it from the creator themselves. Those, those people are still made in those image and they received a common grace and a common revelation that they had available to them through creation, even if they didn't give contribution or attribution to God, the creator, um, they still had an idea. And this is where for us as Christians, we can go, whoa, look at this amazing way that we are made in God's image. And we have this amazing tool that helps us understand how he designed us and, and what is the inner workings of our mind and our heart. So can we take this and use this in a way where it brings health and life and ultimately, again, as Christians, should Christians use the Enneagram? If it's bringing fruit, like you spoke about, Melissa, good fruit in our relationships, in our spiritual life, and in our understanding of who God is, then I'm like wholeheartedly, obviously, I'm a wholehearted person here. Yes, let's use the Enneagram. I love it. And I really feel like your book, you go in such depth as well. And I, I think that's something that if you're watching this and you're like, I'm still not sure, pick up a copy of her book. You can find it on Amazon. And I feel like she does a great job in a lighthearted and fun way, being able to spell out that history. And I think that for people like myself that kind of want to question things and like, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. If I'm going to invest my time in this, I want it to be worthwhile. And um, as a three, I don't like wasting time. And so for me, like, it's just been so helpful to read her book so I, I can trust she's done that research. I can read it. Um, and kind of what you've said, like there's so many things that we as Christians are comfortable using, but we don't know the roots of. Um, like psychology is a big one. Um, even like medication. I, I, I know for me that has been a huge part of um, God helping redeem my life is finding the right medication that works for me. And I think it's um, thankfully like the church has become more and more open to that as hey, if you got depression or anxiety, God uses medication to help um, to facilitate healing in our minds and our bodies. And I believe that God also, again, uses tools like the Enneagram, um, like Christian counseling to help to bring healing and wholeness. Um, I do want to just briefly touch on um, just the gospel. We talked, we've talked about it throughout this whole time together, but I really feel like um, God truly has this desire for us to be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. And I feel like the Enneagram for me personally has been a great tool for me to see really how much I need God and in what specific ways um, he desires to heal me. Um, so I feel like there's so much with the gospel. We really could dive so deeply into all the verses that I feel like um, spell out the, the brokenness of humanity and the desire, the need for God um, to come in and redeem us, not just from a salvation perspective, but also continuing that sanctifying work, being made more and more into God's image. Man, I feel like we could speak all day on the, on the gospel, fitting with the Enneagram. I feel like your um, Instagram has great resources on how we can do that. Your Enneagram coach also is a great resource for uniting um, the Enneagram and the gospel. I really want to dive in um, just how we can find out what our number is. Are there assessments? How does that work? After people are a little bit more comfortable with the name, they know how to pronounce it. They know it's not the pentagram and they now feel oh, okay, maybe it really is all right for me to use this. There are several ways that I encourage you to begin what is really now what I say, a journey. I know that term is overused a little bit in our society, but the Enneagram, it's a process. It's, it's not just a paragraph. It, it, if you're looking at it from a story context, it might 
be a whole book. It might not even be just a chapter, but you might be like smatterings of your Enneagram exploration in several chapters of your life. And that's, that's really good. So because uh, as I alluded to, it began as more of an oral tradition, which just means it was history. You usually sat with someone who was wiser and older than you. And you, they told you told parts of your story, you shared your perspective. And it was through this process that the teacher would help you become aware of maybe some of the things that you were saying uh, on a, a you know, several times what the narrative and the perspective was in several situations to help you have awareness. Oh, this is, this is how I lead. This is the lens that I am looking through. So I, what I do is I do have a free assessment on my website. It's just, just um, you know, uh, simplywholehearted.com and there's a free quiz quote unquote there uh, for you to go through. And what I have done is try to take what I do in a narrative conversation and more of a conversation style and walk people through understanding their communication style and their decision-making tendencies within the context of what did you do? How did you communicate? How did you make decisions before the world told you you need to do a certain way? And that really takes us back to those high school years, really those foundational formative, think back as far as you can and answer those questions kind of with that stage of life in mind. I give this caveat as well, whether you're taking your Enneagram coaches, uh, her quiz, um, which also it, it processes more of an either or question. And it's great. And sometimes people can really get an understanding. Um, but either way, whenever you take a quiz or go through the process, or if you were to have a free 15 minute call with me, I take you through a couple of questions, but we do it in the context of, again, those early years. Some people come into this and they go, well, one, I can't remember. Then that's fair. It takes a little bit of time. But two, the other question I get is I experienced trauma. How does that impact people? How does that affect people? Well, and I can say, I'm with you. I understand. I'm so sorry. You are not alone. And I can also say what's really awesome is that trauma doesn't prevent you from discovering the person that God created. There might be a few more layers to dig underneath to get to that. Uh, and I'm finding that women in particular who are, are stuck with trying to figure it out, or they do realize they want some help. So they go from surviving to thriving. They, those are usually the, the women who've experienced really hard things and they're coming to me for help. They just need a little bit more guidance and clarity. And there ain't no shame in that. I myself mistyped. I was mistyped during my coaching training and process. And finally, there was a few, a few more things that began to uncover some of those layers of trauma. And I was like, oh, that's it. Um, so I do say, as you're taking the test, or you're doing the free assessment on my website, or you're, you're reading books, because reading books is another good one. Go at it, first of all, with the lens of, okay, what did I used to do? Um, try to put it in your most, the, safe, the safest environment. And I know that you might get it wrong at first glance. You might really like what you read, and, and that's when I would say, I, I don't know that you have it <laughs> because you usually just, just prepare to be uh, surprised a little bit and to get your toes stepped on. And, and the goal really here is to have those aha moments of going, they're reading my mail. I can't believe 
all this time I've been thinking these things and didn't have the language or the words for it. And now I have something that helps me explain myself to myself and give me words to explain myself to those I love. I really appreciate you taking the time just to kind of break that down. I feel like assessments can kind of get a bad rap because again, you can't be mistyped. I know for myself, I know now that I'm a type three, but I mistyped as a type two because the type two is what I wanted to be. Um, and also and you've mentioned on some of your podcast episodes, um, it was my working number. It was very easy for me to function as a two in Christian circles. Um, if you're not sure what a type two is, come back for that episode in a couple weeks and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but as a three, man, it was, um, I didn't want to be a three, but the more that I read um, some of the books I'm gonna mention in a second, yeah, it was like, man, you know me so well. And it was uh, really hard at times to accept some of my flaws because um, it felt more comfortable to be a two. It felt safer for me to be a two, um, but realizing, man, that is maybe part of, I'm a, I'm a three wing two, but I think it takes time to really identify all of that. Um, I do want to kind of look at some resources. Obviously you've talked to, you have an assessment on your website, you have a podcast, you have this book out, which is available on Amazon right now. And so I actually want to show a couple of my other favorite resources. I will pop all of those in the show notes as well. Um, but these are some of the books that I started out with reading and that were very helpful. Um, this is a newer one that actually just came out. It is probably one of my new favorite like primers, like if you're a first off starting at the Enneagram and it is called A Book Called You and um, he's actually gonna be on the podcast in just a couple weeks. But this is an incredible book if you're just wanting to get started from a Christian perspective. He has a series called You also on his um, website. I will pop that in the notes as well. Um, and then a couple other ones that are great um, beginning books are um, The Road Back to You and A Path Between Us. They also have study guides. Um, yeah, and I just feel like these are really, really helpful just to kind of get a basic understanding of how the Enneagram works, understanding myself, and then understanding myself in relationship. A brand new book that just came out by Stabile, she's gonna be on the show as well, um, to discuss her book, Journey Toward Wholeness. And this is like, if you're wanting to dive a lot deeper, understanding stress and growth. And uh, this is another great book. Um, Next up, we've got Beth and Jeff McCord's book, Becoming Us. This is more of a marriage perspective. It talks about biblical marriage, what that looks like, and then dives into the types. Great, great resource as well. And then last two, if you're wanting to dive a lot deeper, um, the Enneagram Goes to Church focuses on church leadership, ministry from an Enneagram perspective. And last but not least, this is like the hefty book that it takes. It's so hard to go through, but it's really good. Um, and it's called The Complete Enneagram. And it just really dives into um, some of our subtypes, which um, is a little bit more deep than I will be <laughs> focusing on for the sake of this series. But um, if you're wanting to go a lot deeper, that's a great place to look. You really covered it so well. Those are amazing resources. I I definitely have used all of them in my coaching and recommend them all the time. And I would say, because I'm Enneagram seven, have fun with the journey. Yes. It's self-awareness. Yes. Sometimes when you're, you know, it's like looking in those magnifying mirrors, um, those beauty mirrors and you're like, oh no, that's really what's there. <laughs> you know, that's what I've been missing all this time, but also just, you know, just take it all and enjoy the journey and be excited about what, um, what the Lord wants to show you through it and, and enjoy using it as a conversation piece as well with your friends.
But I feel like it's helped me really just to grow in all of my relationships and just help me to understand not just myself better, but the people I love. And I just, I'm excited to dive into this series with you guys as we unpack a little bit more about the Enneagram. Join us back here next week for our Enneagram Basics episode. We're going to talk types, triads, um, all of the things, and we're just going to be diving really into actually how the Enneagram works. So we'll see you back here next week for episode two of our What's Your Type Enneagram series. See you next week.